Welcome to the Center Memphis podcast. We're the Center. At the Center of Memphis, we exist to help leaders define reality and offer hope. And we believe that nothing does this better than God's Word. That, think about it. We think that there's nothing you face that God's Word doesn't offer clarity, reality, and hope. And, 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 and guides us. And that's, that's what we're here to talk about and, and, and show in everyday life. And we do this through meetings at the, at the, at the, at the center. And those are, those are five weekly meetings that you can join to one that fits your schedule. You can see that at thecentermemphis.org. And we have one-on-one meetings with people facing big decisions in their life or something they uh, are, sh- are struggling with. We meet to talk about big things, uh, s- small things that guide you on your way, and always using that reality of God's Word. Uh, so uh, join us. Check it out on the site. Uh, there are articles and resources there uh, for you. And today we have a podcast uh, that's about how God uses our strengths and weaknesses. But first, I'm, I'm in a different role, you might have noticed. Normally, I'm, I'm uh, Brantley Davidson's the host, and he's getting some needed R&R. Yes, that's biblical, too. Needed rest and relaxation, recharging. Uh, but today, Dan Butler is with us, and he is going to guide this podcast to the points, the truth that we need to know. And Dan Butler is the co-founder of Crestcore Realty and the 6 a.m. Core Collective, which is a real estate firm that exists to help others flourish. And that means whether you're, you need a property or you're, you're an owner or a tenant or a contractor, anywhere in that ecosystem, uh, they offer services that help others flourish. Uh, and that's what they exist to do. So you can check them out at 6amcc.com. So today, uh, I'm going to introduce the topic, and then Dan's going to guide us from there. Yeah. Welcome, Dan. Good morning. How are you? Great. It's been a good day so far. Yeah. And so here's this verse, one of our core, our mission of the center a verse that guides us is this, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, and we're being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And what this means, many of us would take that to mean, oh, God uses our faithfulness as we study His Word, as we get to know Him, as we, as we act on faith, we become more and more like Jesus. What a promise. But there's another piece of this, too, that we're really going to focus on today even our mistakes, the worst things we do, God uses those to transform us into his glories too when we're his. He's determined to get us to our destiny. Ephesians chapter 1 makes clear, but he uses everything, our mistakes, our sins, uh, our cluelessness, everything to make us more like him. So that that's our premise, and that's what Dan's going to challenge that all the way through. We're going to know it by the end of this podcast, about 20 minutes from now. Yeah, so it's great stuff, Howard. I think um, for me, you know, I've read, read so many leadership books over the years, and Failing Forward by John Maxwell, prime, great example. But, I mean, this lesson this week's really challenging me to think, you know, think back of all the failures that, that you and I have had as, as corporate leaders and business owners and just civic leaders and all that kind of stuff. So this is exciting to to go through and talk through today. Yeah. So Not even enough podcasts minutes in the world to cover our failures that's right so, yeah so many of them that's and that's it's just awesome to see scripture backing up what what how we go you know get closer to god because of our failures but you know some it says some leaders are born and some say that they are made and either way god makes them what are your thoughts on that i love that um i mean it's so true that he of course he makes us he made us he's our maker and so he makes us 
to be born. It's Psalm 139, you know, uh, we're knitted together in our mother's womb. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God, each person on this planet is made in God's image. Uh, so that's encouraging. But yes, he appoints us and puts us in leadership positions. And then he's constantly making us into a leaders, whether we know it or not, whether we know him or not, he's constantly making us that way. Well, that's what I'll say. How does God make leaders? What does he do? To, how does God do it? What's, what's the What's the premise behind all this that we're talking about today? Well, the thing about it, everybody would understand, and, you can, and even before we get to God's Word, everybody understands that they probably learn more th- from their mistakes mm-hmm. uh, than even their best decisions. A team, a sports team, learns more from a, a, a narrow loss or even a narrow win, the mistakes they made to, to make it, than they do some blowout. Right. Uh, and I think that's the way our leadership lives are, too. We can, we can be cruising along, doing what's right, following the playbook, uh, and then smack uh, we make we make a, de- a decision that's not great or uh, cause something that's not great, and he uses it. And I think we make those. We'll see. Some of us make them in naive boldness. <laughs> some right. of us make them in timid fear. Uh, but he takes both of those things. Uh, and some of us make in selfishness. Uh, you know, we really can't uh, do anything off. Uh, we don't first look out for ourselves. And we'll see that he even uses that selfishness, uh, that that wrongness, to turn us around. Or our indignation in others people's selfishness. Uh, we'll see that. But he's using mm-hmm. our gifts, our talents, our good things that we know. Mm-hmm. And he's using all of our mistakes uh, to make us into better leaders. What, you know, I think there was some scripture we went over today in Mark 10, 35 through 38. It said, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptiz- baptism I am baptized with? Yeah. Right there. Yeah. It's amazing what Jesus is doing. He's on the road. It, it, the season of the year is about like we have now. They're headed mm-hmm. uh, to Palm Sunday. They're headed uh, to what we call Holy Week now. And as we celebrate this, they're headed to Jerusalem. And he's told them three times. This is the third time he said, I'm going to die. And it's going to be fear and suffering. Mm. And it's going to be suffering and death and yeah. a cross of pain. And, and yet I'm, I'm going to lay down my life. And they keep getting it wrong. Peter tries to keep that from happening. And he says, whoa, get behind me, uh, Satan. That's not the way. We're going to do it the way I'm saying. You're, they were looking for a military leader. They were looking for a political leader. And mm-hmm. he said, I'm going to be a suffering mm. servant. And they're like, what? Yeah, totally opposite what they were expecting. Totally opposite. Yeah. Isn't he always? Isn't he always got a better plan right. than we can think or imagine? But so, they, but they answer, we can. Yeah, yeah. They see. Are they optimist? Right. I mean, like they, he's saying suffering and death, and most are going, what, what? Right. And, and and people said, no. This is the first time he said, I will rise again mm. later. Right. Yep. And so in that, uh, they start to, they see the upside. And they, and they have an amazing request. Let's look, you read, and let's look at that request. Yeah, Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at the right, my right hand or my left is not for me to grant. These, these places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Mark 10, 39 through 40. Yeah, he's predicting suffering and death and mm-hmm. like, Hey, can we sit your right and left? And, of course, he's an unbelievable communicator and teacher. He doesn't, just, he doesn't scold them. Right. That's a bold request they made. Yeah. 
he asked him a question. How dare you? And he goes deeper. He goes, what do you, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. So that communication podcast from a couple of weeks ago, yep. he, yeah, he informed that one too. But he's going to ask questions till we understand what it is we're asking. Because sometimes we don't even know. And that's what he does for us right there. Well, then I guess we followed up, Mark 10, 41 through 42. It says, when the ten heard about this, they became indig- indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Yeah. They, you know, most of their life, we, 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 like, we, we get mad at government. We get mad at those who lead over. How, many, how many, much of our bitterness comes from being mad at some leader or what they have over us? And he's saying, you're worried about that now. James and John have had this bold, naive mm-hmm. request uh, that says they want to be uh, sit at my right and my left, and, they, and, and by the way, they're so bold, they think they can actually follow this path of suffering and death, and he says, you can, and then the, but the others are they're indignant. Wait a minute, these guys getting something special? You know, Peter, right. James, and John were the closest to Jesus, mm. and yet, so the others are kind of indignant. Yeah, jealous. Jealous or yeah. self-righteous? Suffer, we can make yeah. mistakes both ways, right. and either way, saying, look, you're worried about leadership all the time, and now you're worried they might get a Get a leg up. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. He defines. Tell us how he defines. Yeah, then he said, and this is Mark 10, 43 through 45. It just said, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hmm. What a beautiful path. He shows us the definition of leadership and most people I think our culture is getting that more and more and more with and without God's word they're seeing that the, the path to serve somebody is to, it, to love somebody is to serve them the past is, is, is not self yeah I mean it shows us he shows us uh, in our practical life too what, what are some thoughts on that like where do you see that play out what what, what high level you know when you've when you've stopped in your personal life you've stopped and said Wait a minute. Just like Jesus did, you ask the question, what's really going on here? Oh, oh, maybe I need to step back and serve this person's need over my own. See, there's not one of us who's not seen that. Yeah. Well, that leads me into the next one. It's like, what what would you rather have, a giver or taker in your organization? What does that look like for you? I mean, we've been in multiple careers for both of us. What is that? Which one would you rather have? There's a a podcast we covered today in the sessions and. Uh, not a podcast, a TED Talk by Adam Grant, mm-hmm. who's at uh, Wharton and went to Harvard, and it's called Giver or Takers, and we just covered the top line of that. But they're they're givers and takers, and the, and actually he covers how givers do the worst mm-hmm. in performance at mm-hmm. times, and he goes on to tell us how they're really givers, takers, and matchers, and the matchers are the self righteous, always cleaning it up, uh, matching people, making sure the takers don't get too far ahead. Help unpack a matcher. We talked a little bit about that in our class today. What, what, how would you better define what, what, for our listeners out there and they're working out through the day? What does it look like to be a matcher? A matcher is that person. And by the way, the most number of people are probably matchers. They, they did surveys of thousands of organizations and people, but matchers are making sure they just care about justice. Mm. So in a, in a, in a sports team, it, they might care more about playing time or is that person equality uh that person's leading but isn't it that other person's turn and especially then when somebody is truly selfish so they might be over worried about that right to the point of inaction 
and the point of not doing what's best to, to win the game or to accomplish the purpose of the task ahead of us. A, a matcher would be worried about uh, somebody suffering over another person. Hmm. Uh, and, it's, and there's some good in that. At the same time, matchers help keep organizations balanced uh, in their best motives and in their, in their worst. So that person's getting ahead. And you know that you know this person in your those of you who work you know that person is trying to get ahead and you're and you're saying oh let's 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 make sure that 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 uh, we get things even here and so let's uh, let's pass that baton to somebody else or let's not let's not help that taker keep taking it advantage of of, of everybody yeah and if you're I mean there's a portion of the population is givers like that's all they do is just give 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 all day long. How can we protect those guys that are in our organization? What does that look like? Adam Grant gives us three ways. And so givers actually, organizations that help givers succeed are the best. Because givers are actually the worst on the performance scale and, ironically, they're the best. So the, one, so the, so the graduated level giver, he knows that he's aligning actions for good the people. So the, the, the poor giver, let's give, let's give an example of a poor giver mm-hmm. who, who would be at low performance is that they, 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 he gave a quote they don't even believe. Well, I don't believe, I don't sell our products to our, these people because I actually like the people so much I don't believe they're good for them. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. somebody this week said, well, they're in the wrong line wrong of work. Wrong job, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but then so you want to either know your product, but actually you want to know the depth of their needs so much mm-hmm. that you're giving something. If you think about how much more you care, you get in a line of work where you know what you're doing is good for others, and by questions you see exactly what they need, and then you become the best. I was gonna say, and so, uh, you know, let's move on to fear. You know, those who are not bold takers, what, what's, how do we address that issue? It's help identify. Okay. So Adam Grant gives us this, Fabulous consultant-based two-by-two mm-hmm. matrix mm-hmm. that you have giver and taker on one axis and agreeable and disagreeable on the others. Yep. So that agreeable giver, you're going to make sure that they're protected. And to the um, agree, to agreeable taker that says they're going to do something and doesn't, that's the worst. You wanna, yeah. We want to weed those out. You know that person. You know that yeah. person. I got it, I got it, and you're never going to hear from them again. Mm. Those are the ones that kill the organization. Yeah. And, the, and I tell you, the most overlooked is the disagreeable giver. Okay. They seem like they're not. How many times somebody in your life said they're not going to do something, and then they were the best at it? They just had to believe, right? You had to get them over that hump of their fears or their concerns. And once they're on board, they're on board, right? That's right. They might be, they might be your most strategic person. Right. But they don't quite yet see mm. – you know, they know the numbers of their no's increases the quality of their yeses. And so they say, no, no, no. And then you show them how it benefits the organization and, and, and ultimately themselves. And they uh, come along and actually do the best job. What does a disagreeable taker look like? Disagreeable takers, you can live with them too. Okay. Because you can put them in roles. Okay. You can say, you're good at that. It's good for you. It's good for the organization. So put them in things where there's a win-win. Okay. It's the, it's the agreeable taker who says they'll do it and doesn't do it that you want to weed out and creates a culture where others then become, could become bitter. Bitter because nothing gets done. That's right. That's yeah. right. So those are the ones weed out. And the matches will keep all this right if you, as, a, as the leader, set the principles to make sure there's a, it's a culture of giving and mm-hmm. protecting the givers from, from um, burnout. And then ultimately you're taking people off the bus 
who don't contribute to the organization, especially those who say they will and don't. So we talked about this for a second, but like we addressed the issue of fear. Those were not bold takers. How do we address that? What does that look like? Right. James and John didn't have any fear. I got it. Right. I want to. I want to ask myself. I'm going to request the highest, highest two positions yeah. in the world. That's right. <laughs> and and then when Jesus says, "You think you can do that?" Jesus, who was saying, "It I, let that cup pass, Father, but not not my will be done, but yours." He's he's in trepidation, and they're saying they can do it. So amazing, and yet they're bold. But yet most of us more the more people in your life and more people in the work life, you'll see that they're more fear to act than act. Um, But God is calling us to trust him. And when we trust him, Oswald Chambers says this, and I think this is what's worth Mm -hmm. going back and forth on, seeing how we do it in our lives. But the remarkable thing about God is when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Wow, that's powerful. How's, how's that work in your life, something too? You know, um, you know, this kind of hit me when we were talk- when I had the class earlier. Just that, you know, if you if you fear God, then anything you do, you just rely on Him, and you're at peace with whatever happens. That's, right. that's kind of my outcome with that. I mean, I just think that it gives me the uh, the ability to be bold. To take action, right? That's right. If I'm going to God first in what I'm looking to do. You know, like we were joking about when me quitting corporate world. I mean, it took me two years of had the idea, couldn't do it. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I had that fear, but I just, I didn't have, if I look back on it now, you know, I didn't have my, my alignment with God first in the right spot to, to go ahead and take that leap. Does that make sense? Yes. So. What, 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 what might he have shown you? Was, what was the reason that you should have gone sooner? Again, he used it perfectly. That's right. the point of the lesson. Right. But what do you see would have been more aligned with God if you might have moved sooner? Wow. Reliance on him. Money. Yeah. Worried about money and worried about paying your bill. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like just that reliance on – I was relying on me yeah. to fix what I thought I needed to fix for my family, right? Yeah. Versus just – you know, that's what my wife was pushing me. Like, God's got you. Let's go do this. I believe in you. You're passionate about it, which we've talked a lot about that, you know, in previous months. But she knew I had it because she knew, you know, of my passions and all that stuff. But I just, I had my own fears. Isn't that beautiful yeah. that your chief's uh, partner in life yeah. can see it? They yeah. can see that you're made to do this, and yet you're trying to line everything I was, up. I was personally trying to line that. It's personally reliance, not, not on God. So that. It's just a you know, testimony on my side of just, you know, looking back. And it's my testimony to others as I encourage others that are looking to make that leap and looking to, you know, you know, taking that bold action. So To do what they're made to do. That's right. And I can't, I can't name a time in my life where I've put more trust in God and said, God, you take it. I don't have it. Mm. And been sorry. And that's the challenge. I'll take yeah. emails on this. I'll take text from anyone. But. Where's a place where you truly surrendered and you lined up, you lined up your decision-making with the truth of God's Word and then just said, I'm going? Yeah, I mean, that's why it's so powerful. I think this is great for those getting just out of school. I mean, any, any, any phase of life, but you could yeah. pl- practical application. But those that are listening to the podcast, probably in the 20s and 30s and trying to decide what to do, what's the next steps look like and just, you know, I mean, 
where are they aligned? Are they aligned vertically first and then to the horizontal? To what does that mean to be aligned vertically first? Just are you right with you know your relationship with God and, and reliance on Him, and are you getting your you know your strength and you know your wisdom and everything else from Scripture and from Him? I mean that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, if I fear God, yeah, that's what Oswald Chambers saying. Right, I fear God. I'm not fearing Fear these other things. I'm no, not Martin Luther it'll King. It'll be okay. I'm not worried about any right. man. Right. That's and that's a hard. I mean, that's so hard because I mean, I think that's you're just you're just letting go. Yeah. Giving it to God and just saying we'll we'll, we'll still be able to <laughs> we'll still be here. And I've got to do it your way. That's right. And sometimes I I can think of one major mistake I've made. It's lined up in these big things with God, but then the little things maybe I didn't line up. The smaller things I didn't line up. But He wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. You know, that's like the, just like the disciples. Oh, you're king of the world. You're going to be king of the universe. So let's take, why don't we kick some Roman tail and, 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 uh, and be kings now? He's saying not now. Line up and, and be, be suffering servants and line up with me and serve the world with me. So I'm going to put you on spot here. The, I mean, you were in corporate world just like myself, and you went and did some stuff, you know, at private school and stuff like that with discipleship. And it, what, what was that like from, from a fear of God and, you know, fear of your, you know, making that jump? What, what were key lessons you got out of that? One thing I'll say, and, and God, this verse is, is 2 Corinthians 3.18, such a life verse, meaning that he's using everything to transform us like into himself. And you can see it, you know, you can see it five years later. You can't always see it in the time or 10 years later, some things 15 years later. But I think, um, I think one risk, those who trust in God, is that we, we can be what the world sees as naively um, bold. Mm-hmm. And we can, uh, and then if, if our hearts aren't in the right place, and many times in, in, the, in, the, in the corporate world, uh, because I knew I was covered by Christ, I might have been bolder than I should be. Mm. Um, not for the action. But b- the action might have been right, the corporate initiative, let's, let's go make all things digital and better. Sure, mm-hmm. that, of course, the world's going to be better that way, right? right. But <laughs> I'm saying that half in jest. But to consider how it impacts others, mm-hmm. that's what God's saying. That's what Jesus is saying, mm-hmm. a, a road of suffering. He wasn't doing it at the expense of anyone but himself. Right. So he's not going to say, these people just got to get on board. No, he's going to bring them along. He didn't even do that to James and John being so obnoxious. Let's bring people along. Let's make sure we're on the same page. Let's do it the way God would have done it, at service and sacrifice to ourself. Um, and I think the biggest difference <clears throat> so is that, and then as I've learned, to line it all up doing it with his methods. And, and really, at the end of the day, the corporate world and even the nonprofit, even uh, Christian-based mission world mm-hmm. has the same problems. People are scared of change. Right. People um, won't take the bold initiatives. You need to make sure you're aligned. Um, and no matter how good, the, how virtuous what you're doing is, if you don't get folks aligned um, mm. and, and then serve them in and see how this is good for them and then do what's, doesn't mean you can hold back. It right. does mean that you want to see what's, how, how can this bless them too mm. and what's the, what's the way to take time and, and bring them on board. So what on, like servant leadership, what are some key words that you would use to describe servant leadership? Yeah, I can't, I gotta, I gotta, um, I gotta steal them from Oswald, okay. Oswald Chambers. Go for it. And his, his uh, book uh, on spiritual leadership, uh, how every believer really can become a servant, a spiritual leader. 
and it's not just it's not just for pastors. That's not just for mm-hmm. people leading uh, uh, Christian-based organizations. For every single one of us, we're the priesthood of believers. And I think the number one thing is first to see that all our natural gifts, be grateful for them, but to see that every moment is spiritual. Mm. So we operate out of now. Oh, I got it. I got it. Right. And even our reflexes, right. like a good athlete, right. we, we just react to things because we're naturally, we've got it. But to stop and see that this moment is spiritual and not just spiritually for us, but spiritually for others, that every person is impacted uh, in the organization by this moment. So what might God be doing? And that leads, make, makes me less uh, defensive mm-hmm. and more proactive for the benefit of others. Well, I think it gives you confidence, too. Like, I think for me, I think about our gifts and everything else, and it's, you're like, those are my gifts versus, no, those are God's gifts given through you and to you. Does that make sense? Like, it just changes the perspective and the, the mindset of how you play out your gifts. So much. We said, Michael Davis, in that lesson, we said it's not a gift if it doesn't benefit others. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think Keep that's— it to yourself. It's no good. Correct. And then there's, the, there's what? Being self-confident. What does that look like? Self-confident um, is, is that you got it. Mm. Confident in God means I can throw that heater pitch. Let's use one athletic yeah. analogy. I can throw that heater pitch, and if it becomes a home run, it just does. If, it's, if it uses against me, it just right. is. Right. Uh, but God's got me. He's got the result of this game, and I'm going to throw my best possible pitch, and I'm going to leave the results up to him. And, I, you know, we talked about that with baseball, with just the, you know, throwing that pitch and whether it's a home run or not or whatever. But, like, the, I think the ultimate thing there is just you're at peace with whatever happens. Yeah. You know, you're okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Whether it's the guy hits your home run on you and you lose the whole game, yeah. it's okay. God still got you. He's got it. Yeah. He's got it. Let's go and act. Now, you pick, now you pick one. I'm going to pick one for you. I'm going to flip it. Okay. Your ambition to do something versus then – Ambition is good. Paul says he was, in, he was ambitious to go and preach where no one had preached. So even in the Bible, you see a good example of ambition. But how does humility, I'll say this this way, how does humility redeem ambition in your life? Man, I mean, I think it just, it, it, I mean, I was thinking about this with, you know, I'm a Clemson fan, went, you know, I think of Dabo and just the organization he's built at Clemson University football. Like, you just look at him, he, it's not about the win or loss to him. It's about those kids' lives and being the best where they're planted and, you know what I mean, just yeah. developing them into men. I mean, like, that's the ultimate thing for him. The, the wins or loss, he wants to win. Don't get me wrong, but, like, it's not a selfish ambition. It's 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 so much more about everybody else. And I think there's humility. and That creates humility, like, and people are attracted to that, and that's why the organization is thriving because it's just he's got ambition, but it's with humility that just, Makes it, I mean, just makes the, makes everybody want, get behind him. Yeah. You know, so because it's not about him, he gives God the glory every single chance he can. I mean, that, that's a good example I think of when I think about him. How about you? I agree that's a good example, whether you like them or not. What? There are no Alabama fans on this podcast. Yeah, anyway. there's a few. Okay. A few. Okay. And Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple <laughs> of those too. Good. Would you ask me what, when, when do I see having ambition and being humble about it? When do you, how does humility clean up your ambition? I mean, I think that, and this is something, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, just being brutally honest. I mean, when I first started out, it was all about real estate and buying houses and stuff. And it was about how many more houses I could buy and how many more, you know what I mean? Like I just had the wrong 
mindset and I had this secret sauce. Yeah. Like I wouldn't tell anybody people want to meet with me. I wouldn't tell them what I was doing, how I was doing it. And I just realized that I was like, wait, God gave me this ability. And there's, there's, you know, what is that scarcity versus abundance mindset? Yeah. You know, I just, I was there like, weren't enough houses. You wanted, you wanted them all. I want them all like monopoly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I was like, this is, I don't know what God just clicked it with me one day. just said, wait a second, you need to be, you know, helping others and just knowing that, that I gave you this, I gave you this opportunity, you know, this is all for me. And so I just, I kind of flipped it and just, I started helping others to, to do the same thing. Wait a minute. Even if you, even if you buy the houses with your money, your money, mm-hmm. right. they're that's not right. yours. Yeah, that's right. They're not yours. It's not mine. Yeah. Who's are they? It's, it's God's, it's God's houses, God's money. He's given it to all us. I, I can't tell you how many times my wife reminds me of that. <laughs> so it's always good to have that partner that, uh, brings that humility too because sometimes you can get off course you know this is a very that's a very hard one as we're all ambitious you know business leaders and business owners and i mean it's a tough one to always fight because your ambition seems like it goes against what god wants for you yeah as far as like does he want you to have wealth does he want you to have more does he want you know like but if you have humility and like it all came from god so it's god's to begin with yeah and now and then what do you do with it after he's given it to you that that that, see how that flows? Yes, that sounds like Paul. He said, I, he, whether I've been plenty or I'm in want, either right. way, I've learned the secret to be satisfied. Right. I, I know I'm content in him. Whether I make this bold move and buy all this real estate, That's and right. it goes into a disaster, yep. uh, or, or it doesn't work, or if it does, either way, he's got me. So how, am I That's lining right. up with it? And if he does have you, what does, that, what does that mean? What does that lead to? That's the key, right? Right. And, you, and you're teaching others. Teaching others. To do right. the same. What if the whole Memphis real estate, real estate market operated in a redemptive fashion? We'd be a whole different city. Yeah. People I mean, would really all very flourish. Yep, that's right. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, been for good. For joining us today. Yeah, thanks for bearing with me. This is my first time on this one, so this has uh, been fun. Well, you've got your own podcast. What's the name of your podcast for those of in real estate? Crestcore Real Estate Hour, actually. So you can find it on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, all that good stuff, so... Been doing it for several years. Crestcore Real Estate Hour. Yep. Great. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, you can join us at the center. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week we're moving in. And next week we'll learn about disciplines uh, and how to put things in actions, how to create routines, how to take these uh, things we're charged with, the uh, priorities we have, and make sure they happen. Rob Thompson is going to be our guest speaker, and we'll be talking to him next week on the podcast too. That's going to be great. He's, he's a very wise guy. And- has a lot to lot to offer, so I can't wait to hear that. It'll be great. And then for everybody else, go to the, make sure you share this, rate these podcasts, mm-hmm. share them with your friends wherever you listen to podcasts, and push them. Uh, however, they'll get, they'll pay attention to it. Send them to it via text, via email, or send it to them. However, you communicate, and then join us at the center, the centermemphis.org, and see how you can join our uh, sessions that are live for groups. And if you have anything one on one, a challenge of how this really plays out in life feel free to sign up for an individual appointment. You can do that on the site, thecentermemphis.org. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you.